Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome to the program. It's always a pleasure. Our number is 877-381-3811, If you ever watched a show, even on Fox, or listened to radio, even conservative radio, and said, I've heard that somewhere before. An educational tea party. A bottom-up movement among parents. A bottom-up movement among small businesses. A bottom-up movement. That the silent majority will be silent no longer. That I feel a movement developing in this country. I just heard this on Fox, like a light bulb just went off, and one of my colleagues, wow. Folks, we've been talking about this now for three months. Three months in the lead up to the release of American Marxism. This is your influence. This is the influence of this program. Now, you will never get any credit. I don't seek credit. But these people who think they're coming up with these novel ideas and these novel statements, they're not coming up with anything. They're actually not even doing anything. But patting themselves on the back. I saw this in the Reagan Revolution. I saw this in the Tea Party Revolution. You know, people in Washington, people in media, thanking themselves for something they have nothing to do with. Nothing. Zero. The great thing about talk radio is, the bond, in my case, on this program, that I have with you and you with me. The sense we have for what's going on in our communities. This format, particularly in this program, it doesn't get any closer 
to neighborhoods and streets and communities than this. As much as we all love television, television cannot duplicate this. So after three months when somebody says, I sense there's an educational tea party taking place, you go, you have to scratch your head. Or when you read Politico and they go to Steve Bannon and he says, the tea party to the 10th power, that's what's happening. Steve Bannon's not in the communities. I'm in this community. I live in Loudoun County, Virginia. No offense. And this, this movement will not take hold and will not grow by people in media simply talking about it or regurgitating what somebody else says. This is hard work. Take serious minds. Serious strategies and tactics. I think that's why most of you, millions and millions of you, come to this program. I'm not a BSer. I don't even know how to be a BSer. People want to be patted on the head. You were first, you were second. I don't care. I want to say something about my county, Loudoun County, Virginia. I have always had a very close relationship with the sheriff's office, the elected sheriffs in this county. Many of them are my friends, and they have been my friends. But what took place yesterday was a disgrace. You have a school board that's been taken over by the left, In the last election, like everywhere else, the left takes anything over. They are in a hurry to enshrine their policies as fast as they can. Then they lie about what they're doing. Oh, this isn't critical race theory. Yes, it is. But call it whatever you want. Call it a cucumber. Call it a kumquat. They are teaching racism. They are promoting racism. In suing so, they're promoting violence. And what else they're doing is promoting Marxism. Now you hear more and more people actually say it. Wow, how gutsy. And all of us are going to do this. I hope. But I watched all available video, at least available to the public. In the first instance, I watched a man after the school board abruptly voted to cut off all commentators, even people who were already in line and had already been told that they could speak for 60 seconds in their own school building that they pay for. But the problem was, people were not mostly peaceful, were 100% completely peaceful. But the school board was getting reamed out. And by the way, either school board members or the teachers union or somebody bust in, bust in dozens of individuals to try and challenge the parents and the taxpayers. Because that's what the Marxist thugs do. And I'm sure the Washington Compost, the the closest major newspaper to Loudoun County, Virginia, will dig into that. No, they won't. They'll attack the parents and the taxpayers. They'll lie about critical race theory. They already are lying about it. They're lying about it on MSNBC and Joy Reid. Obama's lying about it. Of course they are. It's appalling. I would warn the parents and the taxpayers 
as I will warn others during the course of this summer, as we talk about American Marxism, be very careful about hucksters who want to stand on your shoulders, not just to take credit, but to raise funds. Reject them and ignore them. Keep it local. We need a national movement built of local individuals. That's what we need. Everything I say will be regurgitated by nighttime and tomorrow. I don't care. Politico is trying to make this like this is all about politics. All about Trump world, all about the GOP. Interesting, that's exactly what they're doing over there at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. They all sing from the same hymnal. And they lie. There's no political or national movement driving this any more than there was a political or national movement driving the Tea Party. Period. People are trying to defend their children. And when everybody was home, watching the computer screens, watching what was going on in the classrooms, parents saw it with their own two eyes and said, whoa, what the hell is this? What are they teaching my kid? What are they teaching my kid? Which is why I now support video cameras in the classroom. An idea at American Thinker, where one individual first thought about body cams for teachers. No, I think video cameras in the, t- in the classroom. Because there's no more internet to view what the teacher's teaching the kids. So school boards, like the one in Loudoun County, can indoctrinate your kids and then lie about it. And what took place in Loudoun County was a disgrace. Those school board members could have sat there two, three, four, five hours. I've done it as a school board member when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. They could have sat there and let the people talk, but no, they cut them off because the people were saying things they didn't want to hear. And what was done to a couple of those citizen patriots was a disgrace. was a disgrace by the Sheriff's Department. A disgrace. And I watched it. And that video. Where a gentleman in a virtually empty auditorium at that point. Is saying I have a first amendment right. I wanted to speak. And they did this. And you guys are, you guys are helping them. And doing this and that. One deputy was very calm. And was saying let's talk outside. Well let's just let the guy talk. He wasn't hitting anyone. He wasn't threatening anybody. He didn't do anything. Just relax. But they couldn't. So a bigger, obviously more senior officer comes up and he says to him, I think we have this on audio later, don't we, Mr. Producer? You're not, are you going to leave? No. All right, you're under arrest for trespass. What? What? There was no schoolyard scuffle. There was no fighting. Until the deputies decided to take out one guy and then another. Nobody was armed. Nobody hit anybody else. This wasn't a mostly peaceful protest. It was a completely peaceful event, which was cut off before people got to speak. About 250 people had signed up and were permitted to speak a minute each, and they cut it off at about number 50 or 60. 
because every now and then the crowd would, would have an outburst of clapping or cheering. Can't have that. You sit there and shut your mouth. We the people. This man should never have been detained, arrested, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter to me. Here in the state of Virginia, one of the great birthplaces of liberty. Those deputies should never have bothered this man, ever. They should have let him finish. So what? Oh, trespass. Oh, don't give me that crap. Here's the parent. His name is John. Cut eight, go. It's not just upset. You guys are infringing on people's First off, what's your name? John. I'm Brandon. Nice to meet you. Can we talk? Can we just like go over here and talk? I can talk to you right here in front of all the everything else here. These guys would love to hear you talk. Let's see how you guys justify taking people who came here with speaker slats so they could stand right here and press their First Amendment rights. I'm talking. I was supposed to stand right here and so were 200 other people. Now keep something in mind. There's not even that many citizens in there. There's almost more cops than there are citizens. And there's four or five of them around John. He's not threatening anybody. He didn't threaten a single person. He didn't touch a single person. He didn't say he touched a single person. He's furious that this school board cut off 200 people. These folks showed up, wouldn't let them speak about their own school, their own children, about what's going on in their classrooms. Why didn't they just let him finish? Whether it's five minutes or ten minutes or a hour. Let the guy talk. He wasn't hurting anybody. It's not BLM or Antifa or the rest. Go ahead. Why they care about this county and the morals that this county is actually going to support or not support. And they walked out. All these people were doing here was taking the time to be able to show and share, at least with their own people, why they're here. They have every right to do that and to press their rights and their regrets in terms of what's gone on in this county. And you guys are being a tool of that thing, all right? And, and as a result, you guys are actually supporting the suppression of people's rights. John, are you refusing to leave at this time? I see. He criticized the police there, and this guy walks over, big guy. Obviously, he said, are you refusing to leave the premises? Are you refusing to leave the premises, he said? Go ahead. Yes, I'm refusing to leave. Deputies, please arrest this individual for trespassing. Deputies, arrest this individual for trespassing. He didn't do a damn thing. Trespassing on government-owned property? Are you kidding me? We paid for that damn property. All he was doing was expressing his free speech. There wasn't even a board of school board members left there. They left. They offended the audience. They treated him like crap. The people who were lined up to speak didn't get to speak. They didn't want to hear what the public had to say because they disagreed with it. And as soon as this man criticized the deputies there, this guy steps in. I'd love to know his name. I'd love to know Mr. Tough Guy's name. This guy steps in. And you heard him. Are you refusing to leave? Yes. Deputies, arrest this man, please. He's trespassing. He's trespassing? Trespassing. 
We, the American people, we sit here and watch Black Lives Matter and Antifa burn the damn cities. Brutalize police. Say the most horrific things about this country. And here we have patriots showing up, and look how they're treated. And I would just say this. If police officers want support from patriotic Americans, they're going to have to treat them with a little bit more respect. Because what was done to this man in particular was outrageous to me. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. To do what I can here, national level, multiple formats, to continue to advance the cause of liberty and to promote the heroes out there. At the local level. Not the political action committees. Not, oh, so-and-so said. Who cares? Parents at the Loudoun County School Board meeting yesterday, after officials cut off public discussion, just cut them off. Cut six, go. Shame on you! Shame on you! And then they did this. Cut seven, go. all be Republicans because they're actually patriotic, huh? So what did the head of the school board say after all this? This was a political antic. In August, we're going to vote on transgenderism education in the school system. I told you, Marxists. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. On December 19, 1776, as the Revolutionary War looked lost, and the morale of George Washington's army had reached bottom, Thomas Paine wrote The American Crisis, number one, which opened with this. Many of you have memorized this, but we're going to go beyond the first paragraph. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country, but he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom freedom should not be highly rated. And Thomas Paine called for all Americans to join the battle against tyranny. He said, I call not upon a few, but upon all. Not on this state or that state, but on every state. Up and help us. Lay your shoulders to the wheel. Better have too much force than too little when so great an object is at stake. Let it be told to the future world. That in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and repulse it. Yes, this is the last chapter of American Marxism, in the lead-up to my various suggestions, which I'm not allowed to read yet, but listen, if you would. On the night of December 25, 1776, George Washington ordered Paine's words read to his exhausted troops before the Battle of Britain, which, of course, they went on to win. Paine's pamphlet not only energized Washington's men, but quickly spread throughout the colonies, rousing and galvanizing the people. Our challenge today is just as crucial and urgent, and in many ways more complicated. We did not ask for this confrontation, but it's here. And in truth, like the early days of the Revolutionary War, we are losing. Unfortunately, most of the country has been caught flat-footed and remains unengaged. What must be understood is that the various Marxist-associated movements are constantly agitating, pressuring, threatening, overtaking, and even rioting to accomplish their ends, for which there is no effective or sustained counter-pressure or agitation. That is, pushback. That must change today. This is a cause and a call for action. The time to act is now. And I can't go on. I will go on when the book is released. Working on that book for 16 months. Handed in two and a half, three months ago. 
talking about it for the last two and a half, three months. I don't think the country in the media, academia, cable TV, any cable TV, is ready for this pushback. Nonviolent, red-blooded American pushback. This country is gravely threatened by these, these various movements spawned from Marxism. This isn't the Great Red Scare, New York Times. It isn't the Great Red Scare, Washington Post. Read what these people say. Listen to what these people say. They self-identify. Read what they read. They tell us what they read. They tell us who they admire. And so now, the tactic is to pretend that this is a political and a Republican and a big money stunt. That's why an article like this in Politico, Politico is trying to create a narrative and frame the issue. It's all wrong, but people play right into it. The usual suspects. Hey, I set up a pack. Hey, this is bigger than the Tea Party. Hey, just shut the hell up and let the people do what the people need to do. The only people who organized the parents and the taxpayers in Loudoun County, Virginia, were the parents and taxpayers of Loudoun County, Virginia. They saw it with their own two eyes. They heard it with their own two ears. What was happening to their kids, what these teachers were teaching, and who's behind it? The Democrat Party. Passive Republicans. The educational bureaucracy. The National Education Association. The American Federation of Teachers. Radical authors, radical professors, people who are making millions of dollars training people how to be racists. We're not stupid. We see it. We know exactly what's going on. And what happened in that Loudoun County room last night when that gentleman was arrested the way he was arrested was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. He wasn't bothering a soul. There was one deputy there actually doing his job, saying, let's talk about this, let's go outside. Then this big guy steps up because he doesn't like the fact that they were criticized. Are you saying you will not leave? I will not leave. Okay, deputies, arrest him. Oh, it's not really an arrest. He said, arrest him for trespass. How many Black Matters rioters have been arrested for trespass? How many Antifa rioters have been arrested for trespass? Trespass? They're not even arrested for looting and arson and assault and battery. You do not treat patriotic, taxpaying parents and taxpayers like this. They did nothing wrong. They're not sitting in church pews. They have a school board in front of them that are trying to destroy the classrooms in which they're forced, forced to send their children, in which they're forced to pay the teacher. Unbelievable. It's an embarrassment. I'm embarrassed. I'm also saddened. 
Loudoun County is one of 15 or 17,000 school districts. This is happening in almost all of them. So this won't be enough. It's happening throughout our government. We have some courageous governors who are standing up, not many. And do you understand, by my speaking like this and writing a book called American Marxist, I'm now considered controversial. I'm controversial. Bernie Sanders isn't controversial. Tlaib's not controversial. AOC's not controversial. Louis Farrakhan's not controversial. Al Sharpton's not controversial. No, I'm controversial. And I'm going to tell you something else. If we fight a war, it's going to be amazing that we win. With the kinds of generals that are leading our military. There are generals and then there are generals. George Patton would be drummed out of the Corps. There's no question he'd be drummed out of the Army. We have this Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. He's no George Marshall. He and Mark Milley, the head of the Joint Chiefs, they're a joke. The communist Chinese are laughing. Xi's cracking up. Probably on the phone right now talking to his buddy Vlad, saying, you believe these idiots? They're destroying the military for us. Pushing racism in the military. We're not pushing. You got the head of the Joint Chiefs defending teaching critical race theory today. And today you have the Secretary of Defense saying, we don't teach critical race theory. Well, which is it? They're lying. There's no which is it. No rich, well, no which is it? I'll be right back. Mark Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You can't keep abusing the American people. You can't keep calling the American people names. And by that, I mean red-blooded Americans, not just white people. You can't keep doing this over and over and over again on television, from the floor of the House, from the floor of the Senate, in classroom after classroom. At some point, people have had enough. 
And so they use their not only God-given right, but their constitutional-given right to assemble, to protest, to speak. And then you bring the hammer down. As they've watched all summer long, rampages, rampages, and the media, perfectly happy with it. Billions and billions of dollars in damage. And there we have three, four, five, six hundred people gathered, gathered at their school board meeting, and two are arrested. I don't know what happened with the first guy, but the second guy, absolutely unacceptable what happened to him. Unacceptable. And I would love to know the name of that deputy who walked over there and caused that issue while another deputy was tamping it down. Then the sheriff's office puts out a statement about how important it was and how why they had to do it. They didn't have to do anything. There's no, almost nobody left in the room. If somebody gets up on a soapbox and they're talking, you're trespassing. What are you, out of your mind? Dick Black is a former Virginia state senator, and he showed up at this meeting. He retired. He wasn't defeated. And this really took the board over the edge. This is what pushed them over the edge. Cut five. Go. I'm retired Senator Dick Black of Ashburn, Virginia. You retaliated against Tanner Cross by yanking him from teaching for addressing a public hearing of this board. The judge ordered you to reinstate Mr. Cross because if his comments were not protected speech, then free speech does not exist at all. It's absurd and immoral for teachers to call boys girls and girls boys. You're making teachers lie to students, and even kids know that it's wrong. This board has a dark history of suppressing free speech. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color. And you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. I am disgusted by your bigotry and your depravity. So they shut his mic off. Don't even give the courtesy of another 10 seconds. Former state senator. Go ahead. Now this drives the board nuts. So here they go. Madam Chair, I move to end public comment. Second. There's been a motion to end public comment. Is there a second? I second. Motion made by Ms. Reeser and seconded by Ms. King. Is there any discussion? All in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. 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 Ms. Corbo, can I record your vote, please? Aye. Thank you. The motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda. So they cut them off. We're going to move on now because you dared to applaud the former state senator. You believe this, Rich? It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
Now, you know if they were representing one of these Marxist movements, they wouldn't cut them off. And the place would burn down. But these people were civil. And one gentleman at the end decides to truthfully state what's going on, condemns the officers for doing what they've done, touches nobody, threatens nobody, then some big jerk shows up. We're asking you to leave. Are you prepared to leave? Uh, No. All right? Deputies, arrest this man for trespassing. For trespassing. He's not pulling down monuments. Doesn't have a Molotov cocktail. Doesn't have a laser pen where he's pointing at the eyes of the cops. He's dressed in a tie and jacket. He's speaking his mind. And it's true. What do you think Thomas Paine would say? What do you think Thomas Jefferson would say? What do you think any of the founders of this country would say about what this school board did? Shameful. All nine of them. I hear this one school board member comes on some of the local shows on WMAL, my home station, a tremendous station. And he kind of poses as the more moderate or the conservative among them. Apparently he voted too, as best as I can tell. So not a damn one of them is any good. They should all be thrown out. In my humble opinion. When I was on a school board many, many decades ago, we had some very, very remarkable board meetings. I was at one board meeting that was held in the high school auditorium. And I was part of the Tea Party movement back then, before there was a national Tea Party movement. I told you about this. It's 1979, 1980. And I formed a committee called the Committee for Tax Limitation to assist for my election to the school board as a Republican. In fact, that committee continued. 1,500 people showed up at that board meeting. And I wanted the sheriff department to hear me right here in Loudoun County. 1,500 angry taxpayers, some of whom were losing their homes because of the tax increases. And the majority on the board voted to shut them off. I and another gentleman, Bob Selleck, a buddy of mine, we said, no, let them speak. Well, we shut them off. And they rushed the table, and they turned the table over, Mr. Producer. Not one of them was arrested. Not one of them was accused of trespassing. There was no, quote-unquote, violence. But when you treat law-abiding, tax-paying American citizens... With disrespect and disrepute, you get a reaction. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I want to spend a few more minutes on this issue from the first hour, but now we're going to take it into the military. We're also going to deal with Joe Biden's comments and what his administration intends to do about crime. What they intend to do about crime is nothing. Not a damn thing. They're going to go after gun dealers. 
There's some kind of strict liability. He didn't say it, the attorney general, but that's what he means. If somebody buys a gun from a gun dealer, federally licensed gun dealer, and they go off and they do something, well, they're going to try and take it out on the gun dealer. Because this is all they know. This is all they can do. Besides, he's probably a Republican. They have no plans to do anything about gangs in the inner cities, slaughtering innocent people. No plans at all to deal with black-on-black crime, which is the vast majority of murder in this country. They're obsessed about guns, not people who abuse guns and abuse knives and other weapons. Of course, this doesn't explain all the other crime going through the roof that doesn't involve weapons of any kind, especially guns. They're not going to address it. Because they created this environment, they created this culture. They're not going to address it. They're going to throw up a bunch of shiny objects, and you have to keep an eye on every one of them. General Mark Milley is the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he thinks he's clever. He's not. He's actually quite stupid as far as Joint Chiefs of Staff go. But he wants to defend the Marxism that is being preached in the military... With not-so-clever arguments. Cut one, go. On the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, what do you mean? What, what the hell are you talking about? Whatever the theory is. You haven't read it? You know nothing about it? You guys are promoting it and pushing it and urging it? Go ahead. I think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read in the United States. Oh, really? States and what else should be read? Mein Kampf, is that okay? Widely read. Of course people should be widely read. We're not talking about widely read. You gave out a book list, at least in the Navy they did, that include out-and-out racism, Marxism. Go ahead. University. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. to understand white rage? What is white rage? What is that now, Mr. Producer? Have you heard this before? White rage? And he wants to understand it. Hey, look, I'm the head of the... I need to understand it. Why don't you just resign and go off? Maybe become a monk or something and, and study it and understand it. All you want. But not on our dime, you idiot. We're facing serious challenges abroad. Maybe you haven't known about it or haven't heard about it. Oh, my God. How the hell are we ever going to defend this country with quizlings like that? That's right. I said it. Well, Mark, he's done more to defend the country. Not now. He's doing more to undermine it. He has no idea what the hell he's even talking about. This Mark Milley. Go ahead. What is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. Really? You do? Is that the only assault, the only attack you want to understand? Don't you want to understand the other attacks? Like on the White House and the Portland Courthouse, don't you want to understand that? General, how come he doesn't even mention it? He doesn't even mention it. 
Well, General, it's not even for you to understand, unless you're running for office. You need to understand why the Communist Chinese are massively building up their military. And why the fascistic Russian regime has modernized 88% of his nuclear arsenal, and we've modernized 0%. Maybe you need to understand why your commander-in-chief is trying to arm the Iranian regime so they can build ICBMs with nuclear warheads. That's your lane, you jerk. That's what you have to figure out. Go ahead. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Really? Marx. What did you read from Mao Zedong? Exactly. What did you read? Says he's read Karl Marx, he's read Lenin, go ahead. I've read Lenin, that doesn't make me a communist. So what is... No, 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 no. Doesn't make you a communist. Makes you a useful idiot because you're pushing. Kendi, Delgado, others who push this Marxist racism into our society. This used to be fringe stuff into the Pentagon, into the defense establishment, into our troops. You can read whatever the hell you want. It's not a matter of you reading what you want. The head of your Navy, on the military side, has officially recommended Kendi's book for reading. We're trashing white people, trashing American society, trashing capitalism, on and on and on. You know what he won't let them read, Mr. Reducer? My book, American Marxism. You want to bet? That won't be on the recommended reading list because Marx controversial. Not these other people. Go ahead. With understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. Understanding a racist. You clearly have not read this stuff. You clearly don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. Do you believe our country should be overthrown from within? Do you believe the civil rights movement was a phony movement? Do you believe Martin Luther King's colorblind society speech was a fraudulent speech? Do you believe all these things, General? Because that is truthfully what critical race theory believes. Go ahead. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else. No, we're not. We're We're accusing you. And that other Nimrod who came up, the head of the Navy. We're accusing you guys of it. I don't even know the names of the other generals. I don't even know what the hell they're doing or the other. Who knows? Isn't Isn't it typical, though? Like a lip. You're attacking the military. So now we're attacking the military. Those of us who are trying to protect the military, try to get them back in their lane. The military that's buckling to the propaganda and the programming of the most radical elements in our society, in our law schools, pushed by our so-called commander-in-chief. Now we, you and I, are attacking the military by defending the military. What kind of a jerk is this? He's a guy who likes being the head of the Joint Chiefs because this is the only way it works.
when you're a complete sellout, and he's a complete sellout. Go ahead. Being some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States. It actually started before Harvard. Nice try. Why don't you mention Herbert Marcuse, who's a communist? Why don't you mention that he came to the United States from Berlin in the Franklin School of Communists? Why don't you mention that he's the founding father of critical theory, and then you say it came from Harvard Law School. It came from him first. Then it worked its way to Stanford and Harvard and all the rest. Why don't you mention the Marxist underpinnings of this ideology? But you didn't. Not once. Go ahead. Laws prior to the Civil War that led to uh, a power differential with African Americans that were three quarters of a human being when this country was formed. You don't even understand the Constitution. This is sad. This is embarrassing. It was the non slave delegates, excuse me, the delegates from non slave states that pushed that language into our Constitution. Not because they believed black people were property and weren't 100% human, but because under the construct that was set up, the House of Representatives was based on the number of citizens. And that's how each state got the number of representatives, just like today. And these delegates on slave northern states said, Hold on a minute. You can't have these people as slaves and then count them as human beings in order to strengthen your representation and your numbers in the House of Representatives. We're not going to allow that. So that was the compromise. They didn't say black people or African Americans or one-third of a human, two-thirds of a human half. That's not what happened. They weakened the representation of the southern slave-holding states in the House of Representatives. Here we have the head of the Joint Chiefs of State. Doesn't even know American history. It's shocking. He takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. Go ahead. In a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it. I do want to know. And I respect your service, and you and I are both Green Berets. Okay, this has nothing to do with critical race theory. You're mumbling through history. It has nothing to do with critical race theory. You even say you don't even really understand it, but you want it taught. Now let's go quickly to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who says something completely different. Cut to in response to Matt Gates. Go. How should the Department of Defense think about critical race theory? Could I make a comment? Uh, this is Miley. I'm very limited on my time, General Miller. Well, I, I just want to make a comment that the well, I know, but I've, 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 I've asked the question to Secretary Austin. I, I don't know what the what the issue of critical race theory is and what the relevance here uh, in with the department. We do not teach critical race theory. We Wait a minute. Teach. Are my ears lying, Mr. Reducer? Did the head of the Joint Chiefs said that they should be exposed to everything? He's not widely read on critical race theory. Then he goes through a very disjointed, cherry-picked, dishonest, and often wrong history of the United States. And says, look, I've read Mao, I've read Karl Marx, I've read Lenin. I'd love to know what he read that Lenin wrote, too. Lenin wasn't exactly the biggest writer, but I'd love to know. 
And we have to expose everybody to everything we need to understand. And now we have the Secretary of Defense saying, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. We don't teach critical race theory. And you think the discussion is not appropriate. Go ahead. Embrace uh, critical race theory. And I think, I think that's a spurious uh, uh, conversation. And so we are focused on extremist behaviors and, and not, uh, not... No, but you're not focused on extremist behaviors. You're not teaching about the threat that Marxism is to the United States military. You know, you think about Lee Harvey Oswald. Was he a white supremacist or was he a communist? He's a communist. So in other words, communist Marxists, they do threaten our country. I remember a time when if you had been a communist, a member of a communist, I would assume a proponent of critical race theory, you couldn't even serve in the government. All that's changed now. If you want to chase down extremism, then chase down extremism. But you don't. You tolerate a certain kind of extremism. Cut three, quickly, go. It is particularly helpful that you have said that the Department of Defense does not embrace critical race theory and that you think the discussion is, is not appropriate. I would suggest that it is the ideology that is not appropriate. And it is particularly concerning to me that you have hired a critical race theorist to give you advice on personnel matters, and that person is Bishop Garrison. And I would particularly observe that on July 27, 2019, Bishop Garrison tweeted regarding former President Trump, he's dragging a lot of bad actors out into the sunlight, normalizing their actions. And here's the relevant part. If you support the president, you support that. There is no room for nuance in this. There is no more, but I'm not like that talk. And then he replies to his own tweet with what seems to be a very ethno-nationalist hashtag, hashtag black 44. Could you enlighten us as to what advice Mr. Garrison has given you, and are you concerned that while you testify publicly to our committee that the department doesn't embrace critical race theory, you have hired someone who is precisely a critical race theorist? This this is the first I've ever heard uh, uh, Mr. Garrison be described as a critical race theorist. So this is new. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What kind of background checks do you do? Now, what what is this, Keystone Cops? You have the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that think this is all swell? In fact, should be compelled in one form or another? Then you have the Secretary of Defense who says, uh, I don't support this. Plus, I don't even know what the hell's going on. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. 
Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Meanwhile, these generals, the Taliban are taking over Afghanistan at record speed. This commander-in-chief doesn't give a crap. He doesn't give a crap about the men and women who helped us, who are obviously going to be slaughtered, and their families are going to be slaughtered. You remember, at the end of the Vietnam War, the boat people? What we did to the South Vietnamese was horrible. Horrible. The way that war ended. Democrats did it again. Some of the greatest patriots we have were on those boats. We're on those boats. Now you have men and women in other countries who stand with us. Promises are made, and now they're completely undercut. They're going to be slaughtered. Where are the American media? I'm sure the American media will be there with their cameras. Oh, no, they won't. They're busy chasing... uh, the American police and other stuff. So Biden's idea of addressing the rampant crime that's going on in our country is to go after gun dealers. I'm not aware of all the evidence that gun dealers are the reason why we have rampant crime in this country. But based on what the Attorney General said, and he's a complete bootlicking buffoon, They want to intimidate these gun dealers. They want to harass these gun dealers. They want to smother them with red tape and reporting requirements and audits. So they have figured out another way, not to reduce crime, but to reduce gun ownership. Basically, strict liability, which is outrageous. And he talks about things going on and on, like a bureaucrat, like a staffer to a senator, that won't matter in the least. What didn't he talk about? Inner-city gangs, which are doing the most killing. Black-on-black crime. Liberal judges who let these, these criminals out. Liberal politicians who create these phony bail reform laws that let criminals out. Violent criminals. Soros funded prosecutors who don't prosecute violent criminals. None of that came up. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. This man isn't serious about fighting crime. He's not serious about reducing homicides in this country. He's comfortable. He's protected. What the hell? Just another Democrat. I'll be right back. That would be the Holocaust-denying New York Times. And now we learned somewhat of a mouthpiece for the Third Reich. It's shocking. But that for another day. I listened to the president's speech and I said to myself, there's not a damn thing he said that is relevant to the murder level that's going on in this country. Not a thing. In fact, he avoided talking about the things that need to be addressed to address criminals and criminality. Who better to talk about this than John Lott, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. John, how are you, sir? Doing great, Mark. Glad you're out there. 
Thank you, buddy. Tell me, you listen to this. What did he say? He's mumbling through this bureaucratic speech. They want to obviously intimidate gun dealers, like gun dealers are doing something as a group that is, that is so outrageous and illegal. What do you make of this? I don't think he really wants to do anything because he'll harm the hard left support that he has in this country. I mean, look, you and I know the obvious things. You release half the inmates from jails uh, in places like Los Angeles and other places in the country. You go and, and order police to stand down and cut their budgets. You have prosecutors, Soros-backed prosecutors in Philadelphia and uh, where you're from and Chicago and St. Louis and Portland LA. and Los Angeles and L.A. and San Francisco who are refusing to prosecute even the people that are there. It's not rocket science about why crime has been increasing and why murder has been increasing. But over and over again today, in not only uh, Biden's statement, but uh, the Attorney General's statement, as well as the supporting documents that they put out, they just want to focus almost exclusively on guns as being uh, the issue here. And I didn't try this time. I mean, when he gave his speech uh, in April, uh, within eight minutes, I counted something like 24 lies that he had. You know, it's the number of false claims that he made here just mind-boggling. You couldn't buy a cannon at the beginning of the country. You know, are we serious that there were bans on things like that? You know, he talks about three million prohibited people stopped from buying guns, or his administration uh, talked about 300,000 prohibited people stopped last year. I mean, the media just repeats these things that he says without any critical evaluation at all. There's a reason why, uh, you know, the most recent data we had that's publicly out for 2017, there were like 125,000 people that were stopped from buying guns because of background checks. They only had 12 federal prosecutions. The reason is, is they're not real cases. It's one thing to stop a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a name similar to a felon from buying a gun. But, you know, it's like if they repeat these things often enough. I mean, I want to stop dangerous people from getting it, but you shouldn't have a system where over 99% of the people who are stopped and, and are, are good, law-abiding citizens who are being stopped simply because of failures in the system. And, and by and the way, John, let me just stop you there. You have said this over and over again. So it's not like if somebody's paying attention, they don't know this. That it wasn't 3 million people who were legitimately barred from buying a gun. That the mistakes are so vast, they're so ubiquitous in the system, that they're mixing up names, they're misidentifying people, and on and on and on. That's how you get to 3 million. Right. I mean, I've had pieces in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and other places that go through this stuff. And yet, you know, it's like uh, nobody in the media cares about getting these types of things right. But I want to focus on one thing that you mentioned earlier at the beginning, and that is, you know, Biden talks about and the attorney general talked about revoking licenses for people who, you know, gun dealers who, quote, falsify records. The devil's going to be in the details in there. I guarantee you that when they were talking about that today, they got a lot of gun dealers to begin to wonder whether they want to even stay in business or not. And the reason is, is if you go back to, like, the Obama administration or the Clinton administration, you'd have the ATF go after people if 
let's say in the, the forms that they were keeping track of the gun sales, they transposed two numbers in a serial number for a gun. Or they had it, uh, you know, rather than the city, they said they listed it as the county that was there. You know, little tiny paperwork mistakes. When you're talking about thousands of guns that you might sell over the course of a year or over 10 years or whatever, uh, if they can go now and find one mistake and take away your license and put other types of fines and penalties on you for doing that, you know, you have to wonder what's, what's the point of staying in business. They're really going to apply strict liability is what I drew from this on gun dealers because they also said if there's a pattern of sales that people use guns for violent purposes, how the hell is a gun dealer going to prevent that? What's a gun dealer supposed to say? Are you a member of a gang? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Look, one of the statistics that Biden threw out today was that he said 5% of the dealers account for 90% of the guns that are used in crime. There are problems with that number, but just one basic point is 5% of the dealers account for almost 90% of the sales. Mm-hmm. You know, you have big dealers out there. You know, and so to go and say we're going to go and penalize people based on, you know, whether their guns are end up being used in crime uh, and, you know, whatever the funny uh, number counting that they get to even get there, uh, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, when Biden, to circle back to your point, says, you know, they didn't buy cannons back then, and you're not allowed to buy an F-15 and nuclear weapons. I'm thinking to myself, is there somebody who wants to buy an F-15? First of all, you'd have to buy it from the federal government. Right. Is there somebody who wants to buy a nuclear weapon? First of all, the federal government's not going to sell it. So they make these outrageous points. We're right. talking about an AR-15. A basic rifle. Why don't we talk about what we're really talking about and stop pretending about nuclear weapons? This is typical, isn't it? Right. Well, I mean, there's so many related points that they bring up. Like, they're talking about these weapons of war. Uh, You know, there's no military in the world that uses a semi-automatic AR-15. You know, they use ones that have burst mode or machine gun mode type things that... uh, Uh, operations that are there but you know it's like no no this is important john for people don't have guns they are required to mechanically dumb down these weapons technologically dumb down these weapons so they're specifically not quote-unquote weapons of war correct that's right i mean the the firing mechanism for a semi-automatic rifle is completely different than a machine gun. You have to essentially gut the entire insides there and replace it. There's a difference, semi-automatic, one pull of the trigger, one bullet comes out, it reloads itself, one pull of the trigger, one bullet comes out. A machine gun or automatic is as long as you keep the trigger depressed, bullets will come out. The thing is, what is never talked about in these discussions is that there are trade-offs in life, that people who use guns defensively benefit from having a semi-automatic gun. Mm -hmm. The alternative is having a gun where you have to physically, manually reload the chamber after each time a bullet's fired. If you have to fire multiple shots in self-defense, you may not have the luxury of time to go and manually reload the chamber that's there. If you have more than one person attacking or you fire and you miss once, 
you know, do you really want to make the person have to spend the time to manually reload the gun there? I, I, I am trying to, and this is a dangerous thing, John Lott, to get into the mind of people like Joe Biden and try and understand this. We have open borders, so we have people coming into this country who are violent criminals. Violent criminals, and many of them, we don't even know who they are and so forth and so on. So if the, if the administration won't even control people from coming into the country, how are they going to control things from coming into the country? The border is open. That's number one. They appoint no, these look. judges who are soft on crime. They are soft on crime. That's number two. They never denounce Soros for funding in these critical cities and other places, these prosecutors who run on not prosecuting. Number three, they call this bail reform. It's not bail reform. It's get out of jail free for violent criminals, as you pointed out. Meanwhile, he talks about who needs 100 rounds. You know, does a deer have a Kevlar vest? He says it twice. It's so stupid. 100 rounds? Who needs 100 rounds? I'll tell you. If somebody breaks into your house, there's three people breaking into your house, and they all have semi-automatic weapons, I think I'd want 100 rounds, wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, one of the ironies is most states ban you using an AR-15 to go and hunt deer. And the reason is is because the caliber is sufficiently small that they're worried that you will wound and not kill the deer. I mean, Mm. I don't know, maybe that's too esoteric to get into, but it's just, I, I don't know, it's... I wish we had a media that would call them out on these types yeah, of things. Don't hold after your breath. Your life will be very short for you. After uh, his April talk, the Washington Post, uh, Glenn Kessler did a fact check on his statement. The only people that they talked to were all gun control people. Mm-hmm. They, didn't even, they didn't even quote anybody from the other side. No, of it's the a problem. Listen, the Washington Post gave up being a real newspaper a long time ago. And most rational people use it to, to put it at the bottom of their birdcage or to wrap their fish in or something like that. It has no useful, informative purpose. It just doesn't. If you want to get information, you've got to get it on your own, not, not have it uh, uh, laundered through a bunch of, uh, of, uh, of leftists because they're anti-gun. It's that simple. And you know the other thing I noticed, John Lott, is when you're anti-Second Amendment, you're typically anti-free speech. You're typically anti-due process under certain circumstances. In other words, you're anti a lot of the Bill of Rights. Have you noticed that, too? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, look at campaign finance reform or religious freedom or other things. I mean, it goes together. They're also anti-police. I mean, we're mm-hmm. in a world right now where they don't want police to do their jobs. They don't want law enforcement and prisons to go and do their jobs. And yet they also don't want individuals to be able to go and defend themselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. Some of the gun control groups, uh, Bloomberg's groups, are going after police even having guns. They've been questioning whether even police should have guns. Sure. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're out there, John Lott. You're a very, very important voice, and I want to thank you very much. If people want to know and read more about you and your group, where do they go? Our website is crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. And there's a lot of great stuff there. And John pulls it all together. There's nobody like him. Thank you, my friend. We'll be right back. Lovin.
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please jump in. We have many brave people out there. The battle is engaged. But it isn't engaged nationwide in every community. We're going to work on this. At the book, at the end of the book, American Marxism, where I lay out my strategies, and they're not comprehensive, many will have other strategies. I break it down into education at all levels now. I talk about what we need to do with respect to corporations. And I know all the radio guys are writing it down. All right, what did he say? It's okay. You'll know where it came from. You can hear me turning the pages in my book, of which there are many. Climate, so-called. The fanatics who are trying to destroy our economic system. How we can actually confront Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and other rioters without being even violent? How we can support law enforcement. But law enforcement, if they want support from patriots, they need to conduct themselves properly and constitutionally. The vast majority do. I didn't see that with that deputy sheriff in Loudoun last night. It pissed me off how they arrested that man. Well, we didn't arrest him. He said arrest him. That's what he said. Now, every time I say this, people try and get in front of July 13th and in front of this book. It's okay. But we are at 155,000 pre-order copies of this book. It's unheard of. In the first week of liberty and tyranny, in all forms, I sold 117,000. We're at 140-some thousand hardcover and the rest ebook and audio. That's why I told you, and we've known for months, that the silent majority won't be silent any longer. Mr. Producer is actually going to pull some of this together. Now the Johnny and Sally come latelys, some of them with their packs, some of them beating themselves on the chest, patting themselves on the head. Ignore them. Ignore them. They're simply not there when we need them. XM Satellite, Sean in Syracuse, New York. Go right ahead, my friend. Uh, hello, Mark. Um, thank you for taking my call. You got uh, it. So I was listening to uh, the show earlier, 
and you were talking about um, General Milley, and you know, I, I, I served directly under um, General Milley many, many years ago in Haiti, on uh, a pretty close capacity, and you know, and and since then. Uh, I always had a great amount of respect for um, for General Milley, but it just, just really disturbed me what I heard um, tonight about his his thoughts on the critical race theory and pushing it, and also didn't really sound like you know he had his his. his he doesn't even on. have a firm grasp on it, and he's promoting it. And what's interesting to me is you served under him. Was there a, a racist issue when you were serving under him? Was no, there a white not. rage issue happening in your unit, sir? No, absolutely not. Then what the hell is he talking about? It was, it was in Haiti, um, predominantly um, black and, and um, brown. Right, we're going to run out of time. You were in Haiti trying to help the people in Haiti. Last time I checked, most of them are not Caucasian. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. A friend of me just texted me, and he's so right. He said, I'm listening to you tonight. I'm listening to other hosts, watching the host. He said, Rush was so right about the echo chain. Remember you used to say that, Mr. Producer? And he was so brilliant how he could use a few words or a phrase to just sort of sum things up. The echo chamber is unbelievable. But that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Most of the people who've talked about critical race theory over the years or written about it over the years, they haven't been able to get the word out to a mass number of people. That's what I'm doing. That's what I've been doing. And that's what you're doing. You're making people smarter. Now, Joy Reid is a hate America reprobate. That's why she's on MSNBC. That has to be in your resume. She's also a bigot who said horrific things about homosexuals years ago and then blamed hackers for putting it on her social media site. So she's also a serial liar. Nobody could ever find the hackers. Uh, just uh, just another host over there at MSLSD. She brings a woman on by the name of Kimberly Crenshaw. You're going to learn about Kimberly Crenshaw in American Marxism. She did not come up with the idea of critical race theory. She came up with the idea of intersectionality, which takes it a step further. As an example, if you're black and you're a lesbian and you're Muslim... There you have three areas of victimhood. Three areas in which you are oppressed by the white, dominant, straight, Christian, male society. So there's intersectionality with your race, with your, with your sexuality, and with your faith. 
So that's the trifecta. And so they do this, and it doesn't just have to be physical features or religion. It could be so-called environmental issues and so forth. And this is the way of networking all these disparate groups, all these movements that have been spawned by Marxism, and pulling them together so they have a common enemy. The existing society, the so-called white dominant, privileged society, and so forth and so on. So Kimberly Crenshaw is a law professor. And she's been part of this movement for a long time. She's been teaching it. She's written about it. I've read her stuff. I've read some of her interviews. I've done these things that you don't have to do so I can incorporate them and summarize them in American Marxism. But she's considered among one of the iconic figures. If there are iconic figures, but you get my point. I want you to listen very carefully to this question asked by Joy Reid and very carefully to the beginning of the answer by Kimberly Crenshaw. Cut 21, go. You know, I just wrote down a few of the notes of what people are calling um, critical race theory. Marxism. Okay, so I've been calling it Marxism. Because it is. Go ahead. Marxism, bigoted. Uh, let's, let's start with the Marxism. That's their favorite one. They're using that every See, they time. can't help it. They, they're obsessed with me on the left. They're obsessed with me. It's only a matter of time to the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and all the other, uh, and all the other rags begin their machine gun attacks, if you will. I'm ready. Go ahead. Uh, and I, I hate to ask you, I hate to ask dumb questions, so please don't think. Well, no, you ask them all the time, so obviously you don't hate to. Go ahead. Is critical race theory well, Marxism? Now, simple question, right, Mr. Producer? Is critical race theory Marxism? By my count, that's five words with a question mark at the end. Is critical race theory Marxism? Now she's asking Professor, law professor Kimberly Crenshaw. Is it or not? Go ahead. Look, you know what? Here's here's the thing, Joy. Um, critical race theory is not so much a thing. It's a way of looking. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Law professor, you were asked, is critical race theory Marxism? So far, she doesn't answer it. Go ahead. Way of looking at race. It's a way of looking at why, after so many decades, centuries. Okay, is critical race theory Marxism? Yes or no? Go ahead. Since the emancipation, we have patterns of inequality that are enduring. They are stubborn. Is critical race theory Marxism? Yes or no? Professor. Yes or no? Go ahead point of critical race theory originally was to think and talk about how law contributed to the subordinate status. Okay, this goes on for a while. She never answers the question. Because Joy Reid is an ignoramus. She really doesn't know what critical race theory is, but she doesn't have to. She just knows she has to support it and hate the white dominant society. And this is all about Republicans looking for hits and tweets and all the rest. It's a Republican cabal. Republicans have almost nothing to do with this. But this is what Joy Reid does. She's a semantical moron and an expert propagandist. And so she tries to turn it that this is a Republican conspiracy. Come on! 
You got these people calling it Marxism. Now, she doesn't mention me because she doesn't want to be whacked over the microphone over and over again by me. But she can call me out. Because they confess it. They celebrate it. They say it. Even Professor Kimberly Crenshaw has from time to time. But here she is on MSNBC. And she has this dumb, skeptical host asking her something she doesn't know anything about. Like the dumb head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like the dumb Secretary of Defense. They don't even know what they're talking about. It doesn't matter. They're foreign. If they even understand that it's being used. So Crenshaw goes on and on like this. Says on and on and never answers the question. Because it is. Based on Marxism. And it's not a dumb question. It's dumb coming from Joy Reid because she thinks it's a dumb question. And you're going to learn all about this in a book. I think it's called American Marxism for a reason. For a reason. And we'll spend some time on it. So when you go to school board meetings and other meetings, you're going to know. Now, some of you already know. You've done your own research. I do it a different way. So I think you're going to find this pretty intriguing and compelling. Pretty intriguing and compelling. And I hope you'll get your copy this tonight of American Marxism. But look at this. She asked the professor, excuse me, law professor, straight up. Straight up. And she won't say no. And she should say yes. And this is going to be the the game. Anybody who actually fully comprehends how this was founded, how it was spread, and so forth, will be able to respond to this sort of thing. But they're going to be attacked, as I will be. So be it. Oh, the Red Scare. No, 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 it's the racism scare. The racism scare. That's why sometimes it's more important to write it down in a book than even come on and broadcast, because there's footnotes, there's quotes, there's all kinds of things you can do which you really can't do in any other broadcast platform. It's just too difficult, or it doesn't, it doesn't provide the platform for actually doing it. But the answer... Joy Reid is yes. And Joy Reid, you're welcome on this program anytime to discuss critical race theory or anything else you would like to discuss. Have a very open mind, a very open program here. We invite leftists all the time, and not a damn one of them has ever shown up, Mr. Producer. That's not true. Bandy X. Lee showed up. Remember that? She's no longer with Yale. I think Yale thought she was an ethical uh, wrecking ball, and they got rid of her. We exposed her right here. Other than her, I can't think of many others. Can you? There was another professor, another, another nut job, Columbia or wherever she was from. And I was mocking her all the way through and she didn't even understand it. What was that about? I think that was about the destruction of our mortgage companies and everything. Something like that. What was it? 401ks. Oh, yeah, she, was, she wanted to nationalize 401k. All kinds of great ideas spewing forth from our Soviet colleges and universities. All kinds of. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. An Indiana grandmother of five is the first sentence in the Capitol Hill riot, writes WUSA 9, the local station here. She pleaded guilty to a single misdemeanor count of parading in a Capitol building. She entered a plea. She had been charged with a number of other offenses, actually, none of which were violent, of course. She basically confessed to everything. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, She was charged with four counts, including entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly and disruptive conduct, and parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building. Wow. (coughs) She was in front of a friend of mine, Federal District Judge Royce Lamberth, who I've known from our days when he worked in the Reagan Justice Department. Looks like Royce wanted to throw the book at the uh, grandmother, but he decided he he would agree to the plea agreement with the Department of Justice. I mean, are you serious, Royce? Are you serious? Do you see what's going on all over the country, the horrific violence that's taking place? Have you looked at any of the videos? There's 14,000 hours of videos. Why don't you order the Department of Justice to turn those over to the public? So we can see exactly what took place in all respects. No excuses. I don't make excuses for violence. This woman wasn't violent. But we have some video that's out there where the Capitol Police are saying, come on in, come on in. Behave yourself. We're not out here to... So was she one of them? I don't even know. But after a while, the justice system is so powerful. And it has endless resources that there's really no way to to cope with it. And Royce put out a warning that I don't want people to think they're going to get probation because everyone or most are not. Well, why don't you wait for each case, Judge? Why don't you wait for each case? And he was particularly upset with members of Congress who thought this was a walk in the park. Really? I'm upset with members of Congress, too, who called law enforcement stormtroopers. But they don't face any consequences. I make no excuses. Anybody who was violent, who did damage, who assaulted, should be prosecuted. But they should be prosecuted whether they're in Portland, Seattle, Philadelphia, New York, Lafayette Park, and what have you. See, I'm the one who believes in equal justice for all. Apparently our courts and our Department of Justice do not. Let us take a few callers here. Brian, Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go right ahead, sir. 
Hey, Mark, how you doing? All right, thank you. So I've been a cop for 16 years, including uh, military police department. I do want to thank you for all the work you do, especially your dad. And I read that book he wrote to my oldest till it fell apart. I got to buy another one for my youngest. Wait, which but, one? Uh, the book on the police? What this deputy? Yes, our police. Well, don't hang up because uh, we have one of those, don't we, Mr. Producer? We'll definitely send it to you. Anyway, go right, go right ahead, officer. So I was saying that um, every oath I've taken has always been to uphold the Constitution first, then the laws of your state, county, and your local municipality that you work in. So you're supposed to uphold the First Amendment, and that's your duty. Whether a politician's egging you on, but that's the attack on the police they're doing. They don't want good cops in this job. It's the only reason I've stayed in here is because we need good cops today. And we need them to stick around so they can call out numbskulls like this who violate people's First Amendment rights. So, Did you uh, see this video? I mean, it was utterly unprovoked. The guy is sounding off, which is what happens at a protest. The, the, uh, the facility is almost empty. There's got to be three, four, five deputies around him. He's pointing to an area where the school board isn't even sitting any longer. He's pointing to the, the stage area. He is talking about the First Amendment. He's not making a threat against anyone or anything. He hasn't raised his finger against anyone or anything. And then he criticizes. He said, and you guys, and I'm paraphrasing, you guys are supporting this. By doing what you're doing, you're supporting. Then this bigger guy shows up. Obviously, he's a more senior deputy. Shows up out of nowhere. He doesn't like the fact that they're being criticized. And says, are you refusing to leave the premises? He says, yes. Deputies arrest this man for trespass. For trespass. Yeah, and it's stuff like this that even inspired me to write my own book. I'm not going to adv- advertise. I'd be rude, but no. What is it? It's okay. That too. So, what is the book? It's called Judicial Tyranny. It's called Judicial Tyranny. It focuses on the uh, abuses of the court system. I wrote it before the election, hoping it would have an impact. And uh, so, yeah. <clears> well, and that's it. I'm really shocked by this, and I don't believe the sheriff should be standing behind this man because there was apparently a more junior and younger deputy sheriff who was handling the situation, who was trying to talk to the guy, calm him down, and so forth, even though that's not required either. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't doing anything wrong. The school board dismisses, shuts down, dismisses early. 200 people who had signed up to speak are not permitted to speak. They don't like what the people are saying. They don't like the fact that there's applause. They're not throwing Molotov cocktails. They're not shooting weapons. They're not using uh, laser lights against anybody. Applause? Applause? That wasn't a mostly peaceful protest. That was a completely peaceful protest. 100%. The, uh, where they start singing together. They I sang the that. national anthem. The constitutionalists and patriots won't be crushed. No, and I'm going to tell you something. If the local police here expect to have support from anybody, they're going to have to get their act together. There was no reason for that guy to walk into the middle of that scene, that, that deputy, and do what he did. No reason whatsoever. There was no threat. There was no violence. There was nothing. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Here are your media. Here are the headlines I have of clips I'm not going to play tonight. Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin should keep his pants off. Excuse me. Keep his pants on and shut his mouth. CNN today. The voting rights bill. Life or death for democracy. An existential crisis for the United States. MSNBC. Activist Reverend Mark Thompson. Filibuster allowing Republicans to enact American form of apartheid. This is what the media are pushing. This is what news platforms are pushing. Goes on and on. One after another. One crackpot after another. Really quite shocking, but the what the so-called media, these are all corporatists, all corporate-owned media platforms. So Republicans support apartheid because they oppose this outrageous nationalization of the voting system. And Mr. Uh, Rocket Man. Shouldn't we call Tubin Rocket Man, Mr. Producer? I like it. And the legal expert over there, Rocket Man. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. What can I do? This is an existential threat if we don't if we don't do what we need to do so Democrats can win all the time. It's an existential threat, don't you know? Ah, keep your pants on, you idiot. All right, Mr. Producer. By the way, we see uh, in New York City the Democrat and the Republican primary. Curtis Sliwa won the Republican primary, and I'm very pleased that he did. He'll shake up that election, win, lose, or draw. I think the registration in New York City, uh, Mr. Call Screener, is like 112 to 1 Democrat, something like that. But we'll see. Republicans have won, although most of them are leaving the city. And on the Democrat side, a man by the name of Eric Adams is in the lead by about eight points. He's in the lead by about eight points over Maya Wiley. Maya Wiley, extraordinarily wealthy and extraordinarily Marxist. And supported by Ayach. And she's eight points behind Eric Adams. Now, who's Eric Adams? Well, Eric Adams is a complicated man. His feet are firmly firmly planted uh, in the air. At one point he was a Republican. He served in the police force at a significant level uh, for over 20 years. He ran commercials supporting critical race theory, moving hard left, and he kind of moved a little bit more to the right because Maya Wiley was running on, among other things, disarming the police. 
Now, here's what's interesting. It's not that the guy's conservative. He's still a leftist. But he's not like Lenin. Maya Wiley is in the camp with DiCamio and that sort of thing. And Aok, who backed her. But she came in a distant second. Now, like most third worlds, like most undeveloped countries, New York won't know the actual results for about three weeks when they're done counting the ballots, you see. They have a very important election system there. It's got... Well, there used to be a comic by the name of Rube Goldberg, and he would write, and he would make these very complicated pictures and how things work, and it was really quite intriguing what he would draw. Cartoonist, I should say. Well, that's the election system they have in the state of New York and in so many of these paradises that people are trying to escape as fast as they possibly can, called blue state, Democrat states. Eric Adams will likely win the Democrat primary. See, even even the Democrats, it looks like, some of them anyway, are having second thoughts. Wait a minute. Our schools suck. Our streets are dangerous. The value of our property is through the toilet. Sure, let me keep voting for leftist Democrats. Yeah, yeah. So, so the little light bulb went off. Now, for them, it's about a five water, but nonetheless, it went off. Wait a minute. This could be problematic. So we'll see how it turns out. And, of course, uh, we'll be rooting for Sliwa here. He would shake things up like nobody else. Let's take another call. People have been waiting a long time. Xavier Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL. How are you, Xavier? Thank I'm fine, Mark. Great show and great music, as always. Hey, look, Thank three you. quick points. One, uh, the, I mentioned your call screener. The behavior of the Loudoun County School Board the other night toward the parents was analogous. It struck me as analogous, not exactly, but uh, as uh, analogous to the behavior of the British troops toward the, uh, the demonstrators on Boston mm-hmm. Commons and uh, where they fired on them. I'm wondering what uh, our Lexington and Concord moments and, more importantly, our Yorktown moments will be. I, I, I have to be careful about these military analogies, which obviously ended in a lot of bloodshed and a lot of violence, because <clears throat> uh, I don't think those parents had any intention and were not violent. Um, after all, they're not part of Antifa, the New Left, uh, the Black Lives Matter, uh, the Weather Underground, Students for a Democrat Action. That's all of them. Very violent, the FALN and the rest of it. It's amazing how white supremacists, you know, people in the suburbs or white gentrified people in the cities or whatever you want to call them and whatever people call them. It's, imagine, it's amazing how nonviolent they are. Yeah. Because they are nonviolent. In any event, uh, to answer your question, what that school board did was disgusting. And if we had serious local newspapers a serious Washington Post, they would focus on what the school board did and how the school board provoked the citizenry. They would tell the truth about critical race theory and how the board's lying about it. They would tell the truth about something else that's going on and it's not talked about enough. The filth, the sexual filth that is being taught to little kids. Little kids. You're sending little Sally and little Tommy and little Muhammad and little Yitzhak. You're sending them off to school and they come back 
And they learn about anal sex. They learn about lesbianism. They're learning about... It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's my kid you're destroying there. Hey! Are you not leaving the facility? No! All right, you're under arrest for trespassing. Yeah, that's, and that brings me to a second point, Mark. The, remember, one of the local school districts last year when they started this distance learning, one of them tried to prevent the parents from uh, watching what was being taught to their kids on the, on the computer screens at home. Right. They tried to say if uh, the parent uh, was seen in the, video, in the screen, the teacher would terminate that student's uh, connection. And now I think we know why. Yes, um, but we had the benefit of getting a peek into what's going on, and this is why... Uh, taking the lead from a, a writer at the American Thinker who said that teachers should be required to wear body cams, and I don't think that will ever happen. There ought to be video cameras. There ought to be live Internet cameras in every classroom. Just because the virus is over doesn't mean we shouldn't know what's being taught to our children. And I'm telling you now, if it wasn't for that virus, and I'm not praising it, it's, it's obviously killed hundreds of thousands of people here. What I'm saying is, People were able to see what was going on with their kids. And you're never able to see that. You're not allowed to go into the classroom. If you go into the classroom, you need permission. So they get prepared for it and everything else. This is raw. And that's why I think there should be a camera in a, or an internet camera in every classroom. Well, the teacher will be intimidated. Why? As long as they keep their clothes on and don't date 13-year-olds and actually teach the, uh, the, uh, the, the curriculum, fine. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's go to Michelle, Middleburg, Virginia, who was at the meeting last night. The great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. I love your show. Huge fan. Um, I was at the meeting last night along with probably 500 total people inside and out. And I want everyone to know that I believe his his first name is Scott, but Mr. Ziegler, who was a superintendent of Loudoun County Public Schools. and and He's a jackass. But anyway, go right ahead. He... He, yes, sir. He he set the stage for the police to try to arrest people. That was his goal. He um, came out with his microphone after we came back in. We were trying to leave and let other people come in and watch, but but 
despised that they were um, not allowing anyone to come in. They were just trying to do like a nutrition thing that people would leave and, and it would clear. But um, but then when they closed the meeting down um, and we all came back in, we were, you know, booing and saying, yeah, shame on you. And then um, we all Are you started- not allowed to boo? Is that it? At a peaceful protest? You're not allowed to boo? Let me ask you. How many Molotov cocktails did you have? <laughs> no, How many frozen were- bottles of water did you have? Yes. How many golf balls did you have? Tifa. Was- How many laser pins did you have? Go right ahead. People forty to sixty years old, and um, and uh, we were people started getting up, and uh, we had microphones, and, and we just started saying what what the people who didn't get to speak. I was number. 15. So the board is gone, and people are speaking one to the other over the uh, over the system. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And and at any rate, um, he, Mr. Ziegler came out. And he was furious, and he looked so angry. Let's slow and down. This said, is the superintendent who's an employee of the district of the people of the county of Fair of uh, Loudon. Go ahead. Loudon, yes, sir. And and he came out and kept pacing, and um, and then he said, "I'm calling for an unlawful um, assembly." And he was telling the police, and he wanted the police to start arresting all of us. So and this is all, the superintendent know, of schools of Loudon County. What's his name again? Scott Ziegler. Ziegler, Ziegler, Ziegler. Get right ahead. <laughs> and and. Um, and he kept he made sure that his loudspeaker was, uh, you know, that he could hear. He had the volume turned up, and so everyone could hear that he was calling for that. And he was um, telling the police that he wanted, you know, everyone to be arrested if we didn't clear out. So then the police started saying, "Please." They were in a terrible situation, and they were like, "Please." All right, listen to me a second. I didn't attack all the police, did I? No, not at I all. I said there was a deputy there who I saw on video who conducted himself in a way that I thought was outrageous. There was also a deputy there who conducted himself in a way that I thought was excellent. He seemed to be younger. He was talking to the gentleman whose first name I think was Tom or John in a very respectful way. This guy walks over right when this citizen is criticizing the police and tells him, you're not going to leave. Are you going to leave? He says, no. He says, okay, arrest him for trespass. That's... That's not acceptable to me, particularly after we've seen what's going on in this country the last 18 months. Particularly when we know that the board cut off, cut off the other 80% of the people who had signed up to speak. And their great offense was to applaud after a former state senator spoke in ways that they agreed with. This isn't third grade. We pay a fortune for this damn school system. And everybody in it? And everything in it. I know. And the points that I made when I did speak, I was next to the, I was right before, or two before um, Senator Black. And I made the point that I used to live in West Germany when there was an East and a West. And when we would go to concentration camps, we would always ask the tour guide, how is it, sir, that... Um, that it came to be that that citizens allowed their fellow countrymen to be slaughtered like livestock, and we we were always dumbfounded. And he said because Joseph um, uh, Goebel, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, the minister of propaganda under you know during it's a that strange meeting. thing to ask the Germans that question. I'm just saying. 
Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't compare it to this. These are Marxists. Uh, some of them are out of the closet. Some of them are not. It doesn't really matter. This whole ideology is Marxist. I've been saying it now for three months. Others have written about it before me. And so these board members know it. So the superintendent knows it. They know exactly what they're doing. The fool, the, uh, the secretary of defense is a fool. He knows it. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, he's a fool. He knows it. They're all buckling. They're all cowards. They may have been tough in the military, but when it comes to what they're doing today, they're all cowards. They won't stand up to Biden. They won't stand up to the mob. And I'm just telling you, as somebody who's watched this, nobody should have been arrested last night. People being arrested in Portland for their violent, hideous crimes. The federal government, the U.S. Attorney's Office is letting them off the hook. That's the point. We're American citizens. That's what they tell us. They tell us there's not equal justice because of white supremacy. Well, there's not equal justice because Marxists are treated one way and everybody else is treated another. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your call. Why the defense, not of this lady, she was a great caller, why the defense of racism? Of a Marxist racist theory and ideology? You can be a liberal. You can be very liberal. You can be a Democrat. You can be the Green Party. Why would you embrace a Marxist racist ideology that wants to destroy our society? And what will be left? What will we have left? You'll have a gulag. That's what you'll have left. Folks, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I hope you will take a moment this evening, just a moment, head over to Amazon and get your your pre-order copies of American Marxism, 40% off.